everybody. Welcome to Amplify Your Impact. My name is Susan Leonardson. This is the show where we talk to fast-growing, mission-driven entrepreneurs about how they're growing their businesses and helping others to get results as well. Uh, today on this episode, I have Tyler Foley. He is an accomplished film and stage performer and has been acting in film and television since he was six years old. He has appeared in productions including Freddy vs. Jason, Door to Door, Carrie, and the musical Ragtime. Tyler is passionate about helping others confidently take the stage and impact an audience with their stories. He is currently the managing director of Total Buy-In and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Power to Speak Naked. And we're definitely going to talk about what that's all about. Uh, but first, let's welcome Tyler to the show. Glad to have you here. Uh, Susan, it, it's a joy and a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this one. I love that you are dedicated to mission-driven entrepreneurs. I think it is so critical that there is a reason behind and a method behind the madness. And uh, if there's some way that I can help um, support people who have that passion, that drive, I am always on board. So thank you for having this platform, first of all, and thank you for having me as a guest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, my philosophy is if you don't have that deeper mission of what you're doing, that deeper reasoning of what you're even doing, like, why are you even doing it? So <laughs> let's talk about yours then, um, because I know that you clearly, you exude, um, you know, the, the desire to make an impact on people. And so I love that. Let's, let's let our audience get to know you a little bit um, for those that have never heard of you before, which is a shame because they're going to know about you now. Um, so tell us kind of a little bit of your background story. Like what, how did you even get into what you're doing now from being an actor and like doing what you were doing before? Like what made you uh, go this direction? Well, it, it was really circuitous, to be honest. I started in stage very young. I was six years old the first time that I took the stage. And I started film and television when I was in my later teens. In my very early 20s, I got a little into stunt work. So I was an actor who would perform my own stunts versus a, a stunt professional who like, that's all that they do. But I was blessed to work with some incredible stuntmen who did amazing things and were really supportive of me in just wanting to dabble. And one of the nice things was I was, I'm tiny. Like you can't tell on camera, camera ads, <laughs> 10 pounds and, you know, five inches, but I'm five, eight at best. And that's when I'm wearing, you know, some good lifts <laughs> um, and 140 pounds when I'm really bulking up. So I look good jumping out of windows. And so that was kind of what I specialized in. I used to do a lot of high falls. And then when I was 25, at that point, I'd been in the industry for 20 years. Like that's, yeah. that's time for retirement, right? That's what all people do right. with a 20-year career. You retire. And I did the same thing. I, I'd become a little complacent with it and it had stopped being fun. It had stopped, started to be an actual job, which it hadn't been for 20 years. And so I decided to take a hiatus, go back to school, get an engineering discipline behind me. With that, I ended up starting my own company. And the primary client that we had was the government and the government insists that you have a safety program. So then I developed the safety program, got all of the safety training and the company failed miserably. Uh, it, it was um, shuttered within two and a half years of me starting it, uh, crushed my heart. Um, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs 
my uncle was very successful and very successful in the same industry. So to have had that failure was a double dagger, unfortunately for me. But from that, I had all the safety training and a friend of mine said, you know what, you would make a really good safety consultant. Would you mind coming on board and working with me and doing my safety program? You have all the training. You need these other two courses. I'll pay for the courses. And can you do this? I said, sure, absolutely. So then all of a sudden, magically, I've gone from performance to engineering to safety. And I, I was found myself in totally foreign environments to me. You know, I was on large commercial construction sites and having to convince guys who are doing things that I can't do that what they're doing is unsafe. And who am I to tell them? Right. And I remember going on a rant one day about how I used to jump out of windows and that was safer than what they were doing right now. And if I can <laughs> jump out of windows and survive six story windows and walk away to tell the tale of it, surely that they could wire a, a, a building without killing themselves or putting themselves in serious danger or harm's way. And while I'm giving this rant, one of the reasons I was doing it was because an executive tour was coming through and I want to make sure that my guys look good and they didn't look good with what they were <laughs> doing. The executive heard me screaming. And he said, that was really interesting. Did you really do that? Tell me more of your background. And I went, okay. So I explained to him how I came to be. And he said, that's fascinating. Would you be willing to give a keynote presentation at our next uh, safety stand down? I said, absolutely. What's a keynote? Because <laughs> I didn't know at the time. Yeah. And so I was asked to do that. He asked how much it would cost. I threw out a number, which I thought was ridiculous. And he went, oh, really? That's all? And I went, <laughs> that's all. Ooh, I'm definitely doing the wrong business right now. And that progressed into me giving, you know, starting as uh, um, giving safety talks, but then slowly progressing. Every time I would do one, people would come and say, how do you do that thing that you do? Asking, how is it that I can just jump on, start talking and be comfortable doing it? Because most people, 77% of Americans uh, have uh, an indication that they have anxiety around public speaking. Yeah. And so a lot of people go, I wouldn't do what you do. How do you do it? And then I started to explain to them, well, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And I found that it was way more fun, way more rewarding and just better for me and my lifestyle and my stress level to show people how to confidently take the stage and train them on, on these tips and tricks that I've learned over 35 years of being a performer so that I could have them do it and tell their stories and tell their messages. And so now all of a sudden for the last six years, that's been my life is going and, and doing these seminars, these training sessions, these workshops, putting together the online courses, putting together the material to support the book. The book is coming out September 7th, as you mentioned. Thank you very much for <laughs> the plug. Um, and that has been just a great way for me to help give back because I've received so much in my life that has brought me to the point that I am, as we've just done with this story. And yeah. there were so many other bits along the way that made me who I am that I feel it would be selfish of me not to help pass that on to people who could really use it because it's their messages and their stories that can have impact and if I don't help them do that, who will? And, and then do their stories ever get told? So that's how I came to be and where, where we've come from. Yeah, 
That's, that's an incredible story and such a change from like what you were doing to like how you got into this. And I, I love it. I love every bit of it. So now you work with people, help them to have that confidence, be able to speak from a stage, share their stories, share their missions. Um, I want to switch a little bit because a, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is in what ways do you actually make that impact? So we know what your mission is, like, how are you actually like executing it? How are you getting it done? And so I know you've got a lot of different things going on. Um, but talk to me about kind of the, the actual program. I know you've got like different levels, different, uh, different, uh, yeah, levels of how people can be involved in your program. I'm just going to use program as a general, like, name for everything that you do. Um, but like walk us through like what you actually do with people and what maybe like, what's, what's the big problem that they're usually having to overcome and like, what are some of the things you're doing to help them? So the, the, the main one, um, and, and, and it, the nice thing is, is uh, people come to me trying to improve their public speaking skill, but it's never public speaking. That's the problem. Yeah. And I know that, but most people don't. So regardless of how they get to me, whether it's through the book, whether it's through, um, you know, one of our courses online, whether it's in person, whether it's a private coaching session, no matter who comes to me, my goal is to show them that the 77% of people who claim to have this anxiety over public speaking are lying to themselves. I'm telling you right now, you're, if people who are listening to your show, if people come on to amplify your impact, Mm -hmm. um, are, are listening regularly. And they're one of those three out of four people in the world who are like, no, no, I'm, you don't understand Tyler. I'm terrified of public speaking. I say, no, you're not. No, you're not. And we will have an argument. And now I'm going to settle it once and for all. Anybody who feels that they're afraid of public speaking, I will ask them this. When was the last time you went into a restaurant? Were you able to order the food for yourself? <laughs> Did you know your wait staff prior to ordering your food? And did you get the food that you asked for? Because if you are able to do those things, you are able to speak in public to a stranger, ask for what you want and get it. <laughs> yes. So this myth that I'm afraid to speak in public, that I'm afraid to speak in front of strangers or to strangers, that I'm afraid to ask for what I want and I'm not sure if I will get it is all null and void if you've ever been to a restaurant. The reality is we are afraid of public judgment. We're afraid that the things that we're going to say are going to be misconstrued or misunderstand or they won't get it or my opinion doesn't even matter. That's the worst one. And that's usually the biggest hurdle that I have to overcome when I'm working with the people that I work with is that, you know what? Your opinion actually does matter. In fact, it matters greatly. And yes, there are other people who may have done similar things, but they haven't done it in your way. And I always think I'm, I'm in self-development, right? Like I am <laughs> on the stages with some of the great names in the industry and some of the lesser known names who really should be great names in the industry. And I get to work with these people all the time. And so I get to bring my wife along to a lot of this stuff. And I remember um, there, uh, there's an incredible program called Transformation Weekend put on by an incredible speaker, Aaron Sky Kelly, who also has a book that's just come out, by the way, uh, <laughs> Get the Hell Out of Doubt for anybody who wants to get that. And she puts on this thing called Transformation Weekend that originally started as a training program for her mortgage brokerage, I believe. 
But now tons of people come. They are usually two, 300 people at these seminars. And it is life-changing. And I, this is somebody who's been to Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Unleash Power Within and all. Like, this, this is, this is the one. And so I said to my wife, you've got to go to this. And she went and she went, yeah, I mean, I'm okay. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess it's not Tony Robbins. And then I got to work with Tony Robbins and I was like, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering at this thing and I can get you in. Do you want to come? She's like, no, okay. And then she comes and I say, well, how is it? How was it? What did you think? And she's like, yeah, it was all right. And I was like, it was just all right. It's Tony Robbins. He's the man. He's literally the giant in self-development, literally and physically. Like he's, he's, he's Tony <laughs> yeah. Robbins. And she's like, yeah, that, that was okay. I mean, he sweated a lot and yelled. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that, that sounds like a Tony show. And then Nurka came to town and I was like, oh, well, this would be fun. So maybe you want to go to see Nurka. And she's like, okay, well, yeah, she's got a cool name. Why not? And then she came back from that and was like, did you know that thoughts become things? That you have the power to control your future by the way that you think. I'm like, you learned that twice. <laughs> but it's the way yeah. that Nurka delivered the message that resonated with my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aaron didn't resonate with her. Tony didn't resonate with her. But the way that Nurka said it, and it's no different. They were, they're saying almost the exact same thing. And even some of their processes are similar. Mm-hmm. on how you divide that out and how you determine what your values are and how, where do you determine what your thoughts and your goals are and how do you, like all of it is, is similar. There's not a lot different when it comes to self-development, but it's yeah. how it resonates. So to the people out there who are like, my message doesn't matter, somebody else is saying it. I'm telling you as somebody who has put a shingle up and is a public speaking coach and trainer There are 10,000 of me out there minimum if you Google right now. I think the last time I did a search, it was over 22,000. And that was just in the first like search with very minimal keywords. I'm sure I get that higher. But the way that I do it is different than everybody else. How I came to this is different than everybody else. And the people who resonate with me are different. And there is enough in the world that I can go around. If 77% of the people have this perceived fear, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, there are, you know, 7 billion people. That means technically I, I could have an entire audience of like five, <laughs> 5 billion people I could handle. Like, you know, I don't need all of that. I can barely work. I work one-on-one with seven individuals, six months at a time. Yeah. Right. It'll take me a while to get through the whole world. So your message does matter. And that is the majority of what I spend my time doing, working with anybody, whether it's virtually, uh, whether it's and whether it's virtually live or virtually from a recorded training. If it's one on one, one on many, however you come to me, the first thing I'm going to do is shatter this myth that you're afraid to public speak because you're not. We're going to conquer the fear of public judgment because it's not a thing that you actually have to worry about. Nobody's actually judging you. We're very concerned about ourselves, actually. And nobody has gone to a seminar or a presentation or a conference and gone, man, I hope this sucks. And I really hope (laughs) that the presenter forgets everything we're talking about. It would be great if this just bombed. Nobody thinks that, but we're thinking that, right? Mm -hmm. We get on stage and we have all these negative thoughts and we play all these what ifs unnecessarily. So that's what I spend most of my time conquering. And then if I really have a lot of time to work with you, 
Then we start crafting the story. Les Brown says it famously, never make a point without a story, never tell a story without a point. You have to know why these things are important and how they connect <laughs> so that you can truly engage your audience and get them on your side. And your story matters. How you came to learn these things. And your story matters in a couple of different ways. Because a I always say in all of the trainings, the thing you're afraid to say is the thing that your audience needs to hear. Yeah. And the reason for that is because, in my opinion, we're one of three things at any given time. We're a student, we're a peer, and we're a teacher. We're one of those things at any given time. And when we say the things that we're afraid to say, you never know how it will impact somebody else. Somebody may need to learn from your experience and you can become a teacher. Somebody may need to be comforted by your experience knowing that they're not alone and now you become a peer. Or you may need to seek help because of your experience and now you become a student. One of those three things. But you won't know where you slot in that at any given time if you don't say the thing that you're coveting. Yeah. And one of the strengths of really good leaders, really good entrepreneurs, really good visionaries is they were able to say, this is my problem. This is how I'd like to solve it. This is the destination. Who wants to come with me as we traverse this way? And who can support me? Who, who can bring the supplies? Who can cook? Because I don't cook. You know, <laughs> we're going to need meals on this trip. I've got the compass and I've got the map but I need support. Who's willing to support me on this journey? And by coming out and saying those things and connecting the why, telling the story, why, why do you need to get to the Pacific? Why do you need to get to the Antarctic? Why do we need to take this trek through this jungle? Why? And if you can tell your story powerfully, that's when you become a true leader. That's when you can communicate effectively in a pitch meeting to clients, get them on board, calm their nerves, Mm -hmm. Don't worry, we've got this because X, Y, Z, take them on a story, they feel good. Yep. Stories are everything. There's so much good stuff in there. Uh, I don't even want this to end. But before we do, um, I just want to ask you, um, we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I always ask this of my guests, and it's a great opportunity. Um, what are you excited about right now? I mean, yes, you have your, your book is coming out September 7th. We'll have this episode published by then so we can help get word out. Um, but kind of what's, what's the bigger vision of your business uh, moving forward? Like, what are you working toward next? Well, we're working towards getting back to the live events. The one that I'm most excited about, I'm in the process of planning my first two and a half day seminar in almost 18 months uh, to, and the, our inaugural one to get back into the swing of things is going to be in Dallas, November 5th to the 7th. I still don't know how yet <laughs> or where, but I do know the when, because I've already got the, the flight and everything booked and traveled mm -hmm. or tra you know, we're yeah. booked for the travel. Um, so I know that I'm going to be in Dallas at that time. And it's just, I love Texas. You know, I'm from Alberta in Canada. Texas is basically a second home to me. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're Texas light up here. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's a fun place to be. Uh, I love the vibe between Dallas and Houston and Austin. And, and uh, I love when I can do a circuit there. So my, right now, 
that's my excitement. I'm looking forward to getting back, doing a live event, trying to get 200 people into the room again <laughs> and really, really impact lives. I don't do this for me. You know, I do this for you. I do this so that the people who are listening to this, who are like, but my story just doesn't matter. You don't understand that I can go, no, 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 no. It does matter. It does matter. And if you want to get better, you need to be able to start telling it better. And it doesn't have to be to 200 people in an auditorium. I'm talking about the simple conversations one-on-one -on -one with family, friends, spouses, employers. You know, the, the conversations that are tough, that we have a hard time doing. Those, if you can, if I can empower people to have those tough conversations, speaking on stage is easy. Oh, yeah. it's so much easier yeah. to speak to strangers than it is to speak to the people who you have to speak <laughs> right. to. And when I can get people to realize that, that's when they can have real impact. And so, yeah, what I'm excited for right now is getting back and doing live events because I don't want to have to wait until the next one that I'm scheduled in for right now on the books is April in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And I, I really, I want to fill up that calendar <laughs> from November to April and, and get some of these rolling out. We used to do them once a month mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I got to get back to that because I miss it. I miss seeing yeah. people and I miss seeing the change. Yeah. It's so, it's so much more powerful in person and having, you know, people there and being able to go to events. I'm excited too. I don't know. My, my audience is familiar and I'm sure you're familiar too with funnel hawking live. Um, I'm so excited to get back to a live event again. It's just going to be, it's just so, um, it, it facilitates transformation so much better oh, yeah. when you're, I, and, well, and I mean, that's when Russell comes alive too, yeah. right? Like yeah. you, you got it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I love <laughs> live FHL, man. Let's It'll be a good go. one this year. <laughs> um, but one more thing back to what you were kind of speaking about, um, about getting people to just really be comfortable, maybe not even comfortable, but just being willing to start to tell their story, um, the harder parts to tell. It made me uh, remember a situation that I was in with one of my clients, and I think it's kind of a good example, and I would, I'd love to know kind of your feedback on it too. Um, she was having a, a difficult time getting people, she, she was creating a program, a course, and she was having a difficult time getting people to actually like have the motivation to go through it and like actually, uh, stick with it long enough, uh, more context. She was teaching creatives how to do their bookkeeping. So already we're like going to have some struggles. Right. Um, but, but I encouraged her, like I dug down deep with her. I was like, why, why did you do this? Why did she's also that creative taught herself how to do her books? Like, why did you figure this out? Long story short, she, um, she opened up to me in a way she's like, I've never really told anybody this before, but she opened up to me in a way and I'll keep details um, quiet because it's pretty personal. But she told some deep personal things to me. She's like, this is why I started my business. This is why, um, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And my first thing was like, why are you not telling people this? Like, I'm, I don't even really, I'm not a creative in like, uh, like crafter, uh, Etsy shop owner. Like that was specific to what it was. And, uh, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that person and I don't need to learn bookkeeping, but like, I'm relating to your story, like just you telling it to me. And so I think that's just a really great example of, of the power of just opening up. And so my encouragement to her was really just like, 
this should be woven throughout everything that you do. And it should be the, in your sales message, it should be woven through your program. Like it should be in everything because that's how people are going to relate to you and be able to, to like feel connected and motivated to actually make that change for themselves too, because it, you know, it was relatable for people. Um, so that's like what you're speaking to, right? Like that's what we're talking about here. Well, and it's true. I know when I worked with Bo Eason and when I worked with Colin Sprake, both of them uh, will unabashedly tell you, you have to personalize your message. You have to personalize your story. You have to get it out there because story is universal. It's what binds us. And Bo in particular was like, the more specific you can make it, the more universal it will resonate. The more generic you try to make it, the less people care. Because at that point, there's no distinction. There's no differentiation. There's no reason for me to care about you. But you open up. And that's why the book is called The Power to Speak Naked. I want people Mm -hmm. to have the power to speak that raw naked truth, to come out and say those things that they're, they're holding on to, because those are actually the things that bind us to you, that make us follow you that make us fall in love with you that give us our understanding of why you're doing it it's how we get our trust factor i don't trust you until you've been vulnerable with me you know what i mean yeah. and we, we can't play the chicken game forever if you are the entrepreneur and you're the leader you have to yield first period that's just how it is and you can't have this tough exterior and i i know that there are people out there who are like no tyler you're wrong and i'm like great you're not my client <laughs> <laughs> right and right. i have no problem saying that because I know the impact and the effect that is felt when people follow the way that I do it. And so you need to be on my ideology and you don't have to be, but if you're going to work with me, you need to be. Um, so I, I know we're kind of going longer than what, how long I usually keep these, but this is so good. And I think we still have a little bit of time left on our slot. Um, what would you say to the person that says like, well, I don't really have like a, a deep story that's going to connect with people. Like, I don't have that. Like, you know, people say like, well, I don't have a sob story. Like, I don't have that. Like, yeah. What would you First say to all, them? It doesn't have to be a sob story. Like, that's the thing. This is, we, we've mistaken that a good story is a, either a Michael Bay epic with explosions every three seconds or a Steven Spielberg drama where you sob uncontrollably throughout the entire film. It, it doesn't, it, first of all, that isn't good film, right? You look at what really powerful and impactful, um, the top 10, 20, 30 ranked films of all time, they take you on a whole journey. You laugh, you cry, you're surprised, you're relieved, like you go through the whole emotions. And that's because that's, that's what real life is like. We don't stick in one emotion. So this, I don't have a sob story is never an excuse. You still have a story. It just may not be a sob story. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do in all my workshops, and, and I, I really hope everybody at Amplify Your Impact will do this because it takes me 30 seconds to explain. It'll take you 10 minutes to actually do in reality. I want you to take your life and divide it into five time periods. And I want you to use simple grade three math to do that. Remember when we used to divide to the whole and then you'd have the remainder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want you to take the remainder and tack it on to the very first time period. So for me, I'm 42. If I divide my age by five, I get even time periods of eight with the remainder of two. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that two, stack it on in the beginning. And so now I have my first time period of uh, zero to 10, right? Okay. And then I want you to look in the first time period, what is the most memorable moment in that time period and why? Because I promise you, if for, and, and even if you want to use my time period and you, know, you are older or younger than me, do whatever. What was the most significant thing that happened to you from zero to 10? You know, for me, I have two very, very significant memories. The first one is the sound my mother made the moment she heard that my father had passed away. It's gut-wrenching and it, it hurts me to think about it. And then the other memory that I have is also an auditory memory. And it is the first time I ever heard an audience laugh at something that I had done. Mm -hmm. And it was a good thing. I made an audience laugh. Mm -hmm. And both of those two sounds have driven the course of my life and have directed every decision I've made since. And I look at my next time period. And again, I have two very significant memories. Uh, winning the, uh, an award when I was 12 years old for being the top student of my uh, graduating of my elementary class. And both the pride that I felt in that and then the sudden realization that came on in that instant that my father would never be there to see these accomplishments. And it was a weird thing for me to be so happy and so sad at the same time. And so I don't know how to categorize that memory, but it's impactful for me. I know that it has steered my life. Mm -hmm. Another thing that happened in that same time period, because we're going from 11 to 17, New Year's Day, 1997, I woke up and the left side of my body was paralyzed. Oh, wow. Now I've been able to take a lot of physical therapy and overcome that. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, it was um, not permanent for me. And I'm very thankful for that. But that also was a significant moment for me. If I look back in the last eight years, birth of my daughter, um, the birth of this business, and the two are almost coincided side by side. And I get to see them both grow and take on personalities <laughs> of their own, you know, and this has been a joyous time for me. So I have all of these significant time periods. And I promise your audience, if they do this exercise, you will find five memories. We have at least five that stand out. All of them had an impact on you and your job is to find out why. Why was that impactful? Why was that memorable? What were the lessons that you learned? How did you grow from it? What growth did you need to get there or that came from that? It could be happy. It could be sad. It could be tragic. It could be joyous. It doesn't matter, but it's memorable to you. And you need to know why is that memorable? How can you use that to then guide an audience to an understanding? And then, you know, come to one of my workshops because over five days, I'll show you how to craft a perfect story <laughs> to do that. But it starts with finding out what those memories are. I love it. That's, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to go do that exercise. And I'm just looking at all of the different, um, the different resources you just mentioned. You have a workshop, but you also have a free guide that people can go and get. Um, we'll put the links, all these links down in the show notes. But Basically, if you go to themethod.seantylerfoley.com, um, that will take you right to it, it looks like. And uh, Tyler, is there anything else that you want to uh, let them know where to go um, or where to connect with you? 
Yeah, so the best place to connect with me, I'm more than happy to share with them, but I, I want to give a challenge yeah. to you. Since this is going yeah. to be on, on many multiple social media uh, platforms, please do do that exercise. Yes. And then if you don't mind, share it with us, or at least one or two. You know, this time, one of the two of the time periods, what was the most significant memory? Just so that I, because I like to do it. I like to track along. And if your audience can participate along with it too, I'd love to see how that thread develops. Mm -hmm. It would make me happy. And since they're going to play along at home, I would ask, and I, if you are getting value, you at home, the person who's listening to this right now, if you're getting value out of what Susan brings every day, if you're getting something out of Amplify Your Impact, because why else have you listened to the end of this? And this was one of the longer episodes <laughs> yeah. you got to the end. So if you're listening right now and you're getting value out of what Susan is bringing to you each and every episode, before you do the exercise and give us your comments, I want you to hit pause and give this a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this. <laughs> Wherever you've got this going, I want you to take a moment and give it a thumbs up, give it a like, give it a share, give it a five-star review, however you can to promote it, because that's the only way that Susan can bring on guests like myself so that you can have the opportunity to learn and grow. And so it's the least that you can do, and I would encourage you to do that right now. And since you've done that, because there was a gap <laughs> there, you paused and I paused, um, you can go to seantylerfoley.com and you can get the method. You can get all of my socials. You can get my calendar. You can get all of the resources that we have. Uh, you can get in on the mailing list and find out all the things that are happening. You can uh, pre-order a copy of the book um, or it, you know, have it when it's out. So you have a lot of options to, to reach me through that resource. seantylerfoley.com. Sean is spelled the proper Irish way. S-E-A-N. <laughs> just like Conry would have, S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com, uh, SeanTylerFoley.com, and we'll have everything there. And, and thank you, Susan, for, again, putting on such an incredible platform for us to come and share our wisdom and our guidance. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And thanks for the uh, call to action to go and rate and review my show. Um, this episode has been awesome. I appreciate you being here and sharing so much wisdom with us. And um, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in the next year for you. And also I'm going to get my hands on that book and <laughs> get a lot of good stuff out of that as well. Um, appreciate you so much. Thanks.